Good morning. Everybody doing well? All right. I see a lot of Chiefs fans out there. You guys excited? For- I'm wearing red because I'm with you. I wore I wore blue last week. No, I see. Yeah, no, no. I am I am with you. Being in the state of Missouri, my son is not. I told him after Cowboys lost last week. He said, "Hey, we need to do the right thing. Start rooting for all of our friends' team." And he said, "No, I will not do that." So, I'm with you. Okay, this morning we're going to be in Matthew eight twenty three to twenty seven. Look on your Bibles or look on the screen as we look at God's Word. It says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name, the name above all names. In the sweet but yet powerful name of Christ. God, take this passage and speak into our storms. Speak into the stuff that we're going through, the good and the difficult. For God, you never change. You're always good. You're always in control. And would we be equipped and encouraged in that today? Holy Spirit, speak to us and touch us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we're going through Matthew, and we started in Matthew 5, we're going to continue to go through this gospel See where Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, and he gives all these great teachings, and the, and the crowds are coming, and then healings. The crowds get bigger, and then last week, the crowds got smaller. Jesus is getting into a boat and going to the other side of the lake, and as the crowds are big, they're saying, Jesus, we're going to follow you anywhere. And then Jesus questions, will you follow me when it's uncomfortable? And then another comes up and says, I'll follow you, but I've got to go do these other things first. And Jesus says, nope, the time is now. Right? So the crowds get bigger, and Jesus' teachings get more difficult. So now he's in the boat, and he's taking the apostles, and they're going to the other side of the lake, and then a storm comes. And I'm sure some are thinking, man, maybe we should have went back with these guys over there, those questioners. And then we get today's teaching. There's a storm. And Jesus is sleeping in that storm. Much like Jonah in the Old Testament, he's sleeping. And everyone else is freaking out. And Jesus, this is hard, he rebukes them for being afraid. And sometimes Jesus rebukes us. He says, don't be afraid. He calms the storm. And this is the powerful part of this passage. That they're amazed, and this is why this made it in the gospel, this, this testimony. That they were amazed. Here's this Jesus, this miracle worker, this great teacher, this rabbi. They're still, they're still not understanding that he's the Messiah. And like, even the waves and the winds, who is this? And would that be our question today? Who, we know who Jesus is, but maybe really know who he is as Lord and Savior and of Christ.
He's your Messiah. He's your best friend. He's your Savior. He's God Almighty. He's all of those things. Embrace it all. Today we're going to talk about storms. God promises there will be storms. We talk about that a lot because Scripture talks about it a lot as we go through the Bible. Being a Christian isn't for fair-weather fans. We talked about that last week. Like it's, and it's beautiful. Like The storms that you're in, they're not done in vain. right? The Lord is doing something in them. He's allowing them to happen one way or the other. No matter how you look at it, did he cause it or not? We can debate that all day long, but he's allowing it, and you got to wrestle with him through the storms. And Scripture promises God is building up your faith in this, so be encouraged. This side of heaven, stuff happens, good stuff and bad stuff. And again, not all storms are bad. The ice storm of 2006, you guys remember that? It was good. It was one of my favorite times. I loved it. Three weeks, right? We got the grill out, barbecued, played Uno, listened to a radio station. That was the only thing you could get. It was awesome. Some people look back, it was terrible, right? It obviously was good for some people because the hospitals were full of babies the next year. We're in a church, so we're not going to get too much into that. Some storms are good. Matthew 5, 43 to 45. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. And this is the important part here for us this morning. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. This is Jesus explaining there's good stuff and difficult stuff happening this side of heaven. And God blesses all. He truly does. He speaks to people that don't even know him, people that are against him. And God's like, man, let me, let me love on him. He sends some good stuff. But we're also on the other side of heaven, this side where we're part of a broken world. So we're going to see difficult things. Again, the Bible promises that. But God says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. When we're going through storms, we like to blame someone. We look for the scapegoat, which is actually a biblical term, something they did in the Old Testament. We like to look, some, who, can, who can we blame? If there's a tragedy going on, who can we blame? Who can we blame? And sometimes that's the right thing to do. There, there, there is something to look at, something to learn from. But sometimes you just, you just got to, like, man, go through a storm, and it just is what it is. We see this in John 9, 1 through 3. It says, as he went along... He saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. See, in the Old Testament covenant and in that world, in the Eastern world, they're always like, what you're going through, and some still believe this today, in the Eastern world, you deserve every bit of it. You must have done something wrong to be in the situation you're in. And so Jesus' disciples ask him, so, so who messed up? His parents or him? Why is he blind? And Jesus says, nobody messed up on this one. But it's allowed to happen so God will get the glory because God's going to do something. As we look at storms, understand it's, it's not always your fault. Sometimes it is. Satan isn't behind everything. 
Sometimes it's your bad choice. God loves you. Bank on that. And if that's one thing we can say to the bride today, is according to the word of God, he loves you. Whether you've chosen him as your Lord and Savior or not, whether you follow his decree or not, he loves you. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So that person that you maybe can't stand, that person that you're like, man, they are, they are raging war against God. God still loves them. So how much more does he love you? Second thing I want to look at this morning, and this is an important thing for us to be reminded of right now in the world that we live in, is people have storms that you don't see. Everybody has a storm. So be nice. You have no idea their why, why they're acting the way they are. We live in a world, if you wear a mask, you are loving. If you don't, you are brave and faithful. Right? Is Right? And I love in our church body, we have, we have both, even right now. Some wearing masks, some don't. Be nice no matter what you think of their choice. Be kind. You don't know their why. There's a lot of medical experts who've never went to medical school. Right? And a lot of TikTok and YouTube theologians who don't know the Bible. Right? This is like just, we've got to sometimes just chill out and be nice. And I'm talking to myself right now. Right? If you know me outside of the pulpit, I'm highly opinionated. And the Lord is saying, just be quiet, boy. Just like put a muzzle on it. Right? As we're looking at other people's storms, the number one thing we need to look at and be careful with is our is our pride. Just like in the passage before in John, we say, Well, they must have done something to deserve this. Watch out for your pride. Galatians 6, 1 through 2 speaks of this. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual, the church, should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Watch out for your own pride. We become know-it-alls, and the church can act that way. And we shouldn't. We know the one who knows it all, but we are not him. But we can represent his kindness. And I'd say this too, you know, we have a bunch of teachers and administrators in our church body. Parents, be kind. You're not a teacher, you're not an administrator, you don't know what they're going through. It is crazy. In our own pride and arrogance, how we just, like, well, if I was the superintendent or the principal or the, I, well, you're not. Right? right? They're going through a storm. They're doing the best they can. Right? But in our arrogance and our pride, we love to look at someone else's situation and say how great we would be at it. And for one, I think our teachers and our administrators are doing a great job, and I want us to continue to pray for them. Because... They're going to be speaking into the lives of my children, right, and my neighbors. Would, be, would we as the church, in a time of a storm, put our pride aside, our arrogance aside, and be kind? Like sometimes the, the church also wants to act like there's nothing wrong 
And sometimes that is a lack of faith and of kindness. What I mean by that is, is, again, we're going through the Bible, and the Bible talks about hard things, so we talk about hard things. And I think it's more than okay to be positive right now. In fact, I think we should. But I think it's also important as a church, and I'm thankful for the Bible, that it's just, it's just real. Right? The world, even if you yourself have not gone through a hard time, other people are. This is important for the church to, yes, be positive. Yes, give hope, but also understand people have storms that you don't see. I think sometimes our fake being positive, it's, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like someone's having a funeral and all you want to do is have a birthday party. Right? We need to be real and let the Holy Spirit speak to us and hold us. Sometimes I think it's a lack of faith. In Genesis, Joseph is told there will be seven years of plenty and seven years of nothing. And it's okay to be okay, but walk with people through the plenty and through the not. And the great thing that we get to see in that is God is still good and in control even in the years of drought. And I love in Genesis 50, 20, Joseph says this at the towards the end of his journey, as he tells his brothers who threw him into slavery, he tells them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Which is why earlier in worship, man, we're just, you know, people are shouting and, and saying in Jesus' name and whistling. Some of that was me back there, right? It's because we believe God is in control. And even through the difficult times, he gets all the glory. So we encourage you to press in to God and his hope and his truth and rebuke your pride. Be kind. Number two, don't be a know-it-all. Don't be a know-it-all. Again, I'm preaching to myself. I remember when I could not sleep for about 10 years very well, and going through just some anxiety, and just, I just couldn't sleep, didn't even know what it, what it was, and I remember, man, people just all of a sudden, like, were doctors. Have you ever thought of closing your eyes? Oh, Sherlock, that, oh, man, I am probably going to sleep well tonight, right, and I, and I don't say that, it was just kind of funny when I look back at some of it, you know, and I'm not mad at the advice that was given to me, although 99% of it was really bad advice, Right? Understand, right? We can kind of look at both sides, the storm you're in and the storm you're not, right? You know, don't be, don't, be, don't be arrogant, don't be a know-it-all, but also understand people just don't understand what you're, they're just trying to help. They're just trying to help, and people are just trying to help me. Understand, it's not always your time to judge or correct. Maybe it's your time to pray. Number three, learn to listen. Again, I'm preaching to myself here. James 1.19, my brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That is not a popular statement right now in our world. Our world says you better have an answer for everything. And if you're silent, then you're a part of the problem. That's not what the Bible says. We're going to listen to the Bible more than TikTok, more than social media. Amen? Amen? Right? Like that's an important thing. And again, as a pastor, man, I get, I get caught up in things. Like, I'm not on Facebook right now because I'm weak. I start getting mad at people, right? C- pastor Clinton and I used to joke around all the time, like, man, if we weren't pastors, the things we'd say on Facebook, right? Learn to listen. 
And number four, walk in compassion. Why? Because Jesus did. And he rebuked his disciples when they did not. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. And be patient with everyone. Do we know the difference between being compassionate and encouraging unfaithfulness to God's word? I would, I, as we're looking at all this, I encourage you, like, know the difference. Sometimes we don't. Do we know the difference between being bold and being arrogant and ignorant? Sometimes we sound the most confident when we're walking in sin. I've been there. You've been there. People all of a sudden are prophetic. They're all of a sudden so confident. Many times when they're getting ready to walk off a cliff of sin. Be compassionate. Be kind right now. People need it. You can be confident and bold in Jesus and be kind too. Amen? The last thing we want to look at this morning is your storm. Raise your hand if you're kind of going through a storm right now. Right? A lot of people. A lot of people. First part of the message, storms happen. Don't let that shake your faith. Second part of the message, be kind in the storm of other people. They need you to be kind and give truth. Third one, don't let the storm dictate your faith. This is an important part of the message today. So you raised your hand, or maybe your hand just didn't go up fast enough, or you're shy this morning, but you'd be like, I'm going through a storm. Don't let the storm dictate your faith. Does it offend us that Jesus is sleeping during the storm? Right? And I'm thinking he's having a great sleep right then. And be honest, there's a wrestling right there for me. Like, oh, Jesus, don't you know the storm I'm in? Aren't, aren't you bothered by this? Aren't you losing sleep? Aren't you anxious? No, he's not. It doesn't mean he doesn't care and have compassion. But he's the God of the universe. Right? He's sleeping in this storm. Storms happen, which is true, but then they pass. They do. And some of us have let... Whatever storm we're going through dictate our hope and our future and our speech and our thought patterns. And it needs to stop in Jesus' name. The tactic of the enemy is disunity in your heart. The tactic of the enemy is to steal your peace and your hope and your future. Understand this. If you're going through a storm, this is going to be an oh, ouch. Going through stuff doesn't mean you get to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. The world tells you that. That's not what I tell my kids. Hey, Dad, I'm having a bad day. Oh, then you get the sign that reminds all of us that we're to bow before you and walk on eggshells. That's the best parenting skill. No. Right? So you tell yourself, right, in your storm, guess what? Just because I'm going through something really, 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 really hard doesn't mean I get to be mean. And then when you look in someone else's storm and you don't understand why they're being mean, be kind. And when those two things start to happen, greater unity can happen. And God's work, we're more open vessels in that time. I'm convinced, man, some of us as we're going through hard stuff, we're being mean because society said you should be. No. I don't care what you're going through. I'm going to have compassion 
as I hope you have compassion for me, but I pray no one tells me you have every right to treat people badly because of what you're going through. That is a lie, friends. I want us to look in the Old Testament and look at Gideon. One of the judges, one of the warriors of the Old Testament, one of my, one of my favorite guys, and he is in a time of Israel where they're going through a cycle of sin and everything God said that would hurt them and damage them, they ignored and went after, and now they find themselves in a really, really difficult place. But then, just like when we find ourselves in difficult places, we start to cry out to God. God listens. And the person he wants to talk to is Gideon. And we find this in Judges 6, 12 through 16. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and I will strike down all the Midianites together. Talk about going through a storm. Gideon, he's the weakest in the weakest clan He's working at a wine press. They're all in caves. They're hiding. They're not this great nation that God has called them to be. They're being picked on by the Midianites. And I love Gideon's response. Like, who am I and where is God? Sometimes we feel like that. But the word of God speaks into Gideon. and says, I'm not worried about you because I'll be with you. That's all you need to know. It's what we know as Christians. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Don't let your storm speak to you in a way that contradicts the word of God. He will, you know what? I just sinned yesterday on purpose. It's not a, like, I'm not not saying that right now for myself. (laughs) What's he going to say? So maybe you're saying that, right? Like, oh, yeah, right? And then the enemy lies, Man, God hates you right now. Run away from God right now. Don't put on the Christian music right now. No, that's a lie. God loves you just as much as he did before when you thought you were perfect. Right? Which was a lie. Let the Lord speak, not the storm. And here we find Gideon. In Judges 6, 7 through 10, we're going to kind of look what happened. Why, why did they find themselves in this place? Again, they were not serving God. You see this, this circling thing that keeps happening in the Old Testament, right? God does great things. They're following him. They get bored with it. He gives all these warnings, and they say, eh, it probably doesn't really matter. The Word of God matters, guys. And then they find themselves in bondage. And in Judges 6, verse 7, it says, when the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, 
of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. The Lord tells them they were not supposed to be afraid. He tells Gideon, don't worry about all this stuff around you. I will be with you. It's the same thing that God tells us today, especially those of you that need to hear this that raised your hands. The NIV says worship. Other translations, almost every other translation, says that they feared. And as I was looking at this week, I'm like, okay, when NIV says this, I usually teach at an NIV. I study out of the other translations, especially the ESV. And they actually say fear. God told them not to fear those things. So I looked around and like different theologians say, well, the reason why there's kind of like NIV says this and the other ones say this is because many believe what happened is they feared these other nations, maybe feared they were missing out, maybe feared that God wasn't with them, whatever the case would be, because there was fear, they started to worship these other gods, which makes sense with God's conversation with Gideon. They feared, so they worshiped. Fear and temptation had turned them into a people who were living in caves. And to them, God had become distant. See, they thought the problem was Midian. It's crazy how the enemy likes us to get our focus on the wrong thing. See, they thought the problem was Midian when really the problem was they stopped trusting and fearing God. And they started trusting and fearing other things. And if you're going through a storm right now, some of us are individually, we all are corporately in the world that we are living in right now. You need to hear this. Don't let the storm speak. And I think it's amazing as God is like he's hearing the cries of people and he's drawing near to them. Who does he first choose? He chooses Gideon on purpose because he was the least in the least clan. God doesn't dismiss the least. And part of it is because Gideon, like all of us, need to know, I'm not choosing you because you're so awesome. Right? That pride, that arrogance. God says, I'm choosing you because my glory is going to be shown. I'm choosing you on purpose that you're the least in the least clan. Right? That, and that's something that all of us need to wrestle with sometimes in our, in our arrogance. Again, I'm preaching to myself. Does God love you? Yes. Does he think much of you? Yes. Is he impressed by you? No. He's God. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. So on the flip side of that, when you're going through hard stuff, stop letting the enemy speak to you about your worth and about your identity. Right? Do we understand that? And some of us right now, again, we're going back to some, some, some Old Testament thinking, religion. Man, I must be going through this because of something I did. Maybe, maybe so. Seek the Lord on that. Maybe there's some repentance that needs to happen. Right? God loves you through that. Repentance is a good thing. Repentance isn't a bad thing. Right? We understand like repentance almost gets like a bad word for it. Right? The word to repent is to turn from what you're doing. Right? If I'm doing something that's terrible, getting ready to eat some terrible food. Right? And if I turned away from that, it would not be a bad thing. Right? Repentance is a good thing. Some of us are dealing with stuff. It's not that you even repent of anything. 
right? The storm is just a storm. Don't let it dictate who God is and who you are because of his word. Be careful what you let speak to you during your storm. And I'll say this just real quick. It is testimony. I think of my mom when I think of storms. My mom was 16 when she got pregnant, got married at 17, and then conceived her first child. At 18, she had her second child who had some disabilities. By 1920, she's divorced because not all people keep their promises, right? My mom didn't choose that. It chose her, right? Was she a part of some of the equation? Yes, but not all of it. And then by 22, her first child dies of cancer. I didn't talk about a storm. And I think at that time, and I have my mom's blessing to give this testimony, I think of that 16-year-old, 17-year-old mom of how many people in our world would speak death into their situation. Don't be a mom at all. Right? What would the world say? Like, oh, this is just too much for you. I thank God that was not the spirit that she listened to. Or maybe they said, okay, have the child, but just don't be a good parent. You're only going to have these years. No, thank God she listened to truth. Someone good spoke into her storm. So then my mom gets married a second time to my biological father, who's not a nice man. They had my brother and I, and then my mom gets divorced again. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Right? My dad was not a good dad. Thank God she married my father who raised me, who became my daddy. And I thank God for him. But I also thank God that the truth of God spoke into my mom's life. And even though it was hard, and I see some of our single moms, even single dads, or maybe people that are going through hard stuff, and, and sometimes what the church does is we make your situation harder rather than better. We discourage you because maybe things weren't perfect rather than encouraging you and say, rise up, rise up, do the right thing. Do we understand there's a thief that wants to kill, steal, and destroy? And he is speaking right now into society and into your storm personally. Why? Because he hates your God. And he wants to see you miserable. And the truth that we need to hear today is that God cares. He is close to the brokenhearted. There's a right and there's a wrong. Follow his voice. And not every voice is the one that you should be hearing. Psalms 141.3 says, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Be very careful what you're speaking into someone's life. Take, if you're saying it's from God, you, you, I encourage you to be really, it's okay to say, God, are you sure this is from you? Right? In fact, that'd be the biblical thing to do. Proverbs 13.1, a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. Right? Again, one of the things we struggle with, when we're, and I do this too, when I'm in my own junk storm in my life, I forget I do need wise counsel. I don't need everyone's counsel. But a lot of times, if I'm in that storm myself, I'm probably my own worst enemy. Proverbs twelve fifteen: the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. 
Proverbs 15.2, the tongue of, of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Filter out what you're listening to, guys. Whether it be social media, whether it be the news, whether it be your neighbor that doesn't know Jesus, whether it be your friend that knows Jesus but is not very wise. Right? We've all got them. You might be them. I don't know. Jesus says, this is the voice of God that we don't always like to hear. Jesus tells them, oh, you a little faith. Jesus isn't trying to impress anyone. Praise be to God. He's giving them what they need. And some of us, our Bible just never has the things where God says tough things. Right? This wouldn't be like a popular thing to tell someone. But in their storm, as they're fearful, God says, you don't have enough faith right now. And some of us need to hear that too, right, from God and from some of those in your inner circle. Two voices that don't come from God, the God of the Bible. There's many, but here's two that I want to focus on right now as we close. Number one, one of condemnation. One that says you are worthless, you are your sin, and there's no way out. If you are hearing that in your storm, there's no way out. You are your sin and you're worthless. That is not from God. Second one, the voice that never corrects. Again, Jesus told them to stop living with little faith. The message in our society today says, you poor thing, you will never overcome, you're never wrong, stay the victim. In the Old Testament, the prophet of Elijah as he was going through what I would call, um, he was going through some depression, and he was going through um, a tantrum that we all go through. And what does the Lord tell him in his wonderful audacity, Elijah, get up and eat? Elijah was feeling that he was the only one, and no one else had it as bad as he did. And as I counsel people, and I've been through stuff myself, man, it's crazy how the enemy tells you, you're alone. No one else has it this bad. It's always going to be this way. God is far away. He's not close. All those things the Bible says are not true. So stop worrying and start trusting. Stop overanalyzing. Any overanalyzers here? I'm one. Stop. I've literally had the Spirit of God say, stop talking. Just stop it. I haven't always listened. Stop overanalyzing and pray. Stop reacting to the storm and listen to his voice. And let Jesus be your calm, for even the waves obey him. As we close, I've got a couple questions for you. Number one, are you being kind and gentle to the storms that others are in? Are you being kind and gentle? Doesn't, that doesn't mean that in your, in your inner circles that you're not going to say some stuff that's difficult for someone to hear. But that never gives you permission to stop being kind. Number two, are you being cautious of who you let speak into your storm? Even what I'm saying to you right now, filter it through the Bible that you read. Pray to Jesus and seek the Holy Spirit. Be cautious of who you let speak into your storm. 
and trust that God will speak into yours. And the last one, do you need to trust Jesus right now? And I believe in those moments, those are great declarations. Obviously, we always need to trust Jesus. But there's been very specific times in my life that I look, okay, this, always trust in Jesus, but man, this is a proclamation moment that I need to trust Jesus right now. And I need to go to my inner circle right now and say, pray for me because I need to trust Jesus right now. I need hands laid on me because I need to trust Jesus right now. I'm having thoughts that are not my own. I need Jesus right now. Right? And if you're in that moment, man, we encourage you, come to the altars, go in the back and be prayed for, let people lay hands on you. These are all biblical responses to the storms that we go in. Don't be casual about it. Be faithful and biblical in it. Amen? And if you don't know Jesus today, you're here. You know, most of our people that come, this is an equipping service. They know who Jesus is, which is why we talk the way we do. But if you're here and you're like, man, the more you talk about this Jesus, the more I don't know if I know him. Somebody would love to pray with you and introduce you more to this living Savior called Jesus, right? Some of us need to meet Jesus for the very first time. You're going through life without him. You're just a fan, but you're called to be a follower. For some of us, we're followers. We just need to be reminded and equipped that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And no storm made is bigger than his love for you and his power. If we can stand, we will pray. I encourage you to take communion in the back. It is back there for a reason. It is sacred. It is beautiful. We don't force people to take it, but we encourage them to take it. As we're reminded and commanded to do this, right? And all that it represents, those tangible things. Satan, you do not win today. You cannot have a voice in my storm. I'm going to take the bread that represents his body and the grape juice back there that represents his blood, for it was finished at the cross. There are people back there that would love to pray for you in the name of Jesus and Bible-believing people believe in that prayer. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word, for your truth. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you all permission to speak into our lives. Holy Spirit, you are a gentleman, and you don't force yourself on us now or for eternity. And so in Jesus' name, Lord God, save us. Save us, Lord God. The storms that we're in, would we not let the voice of the enemy come in? But would we let the word of God, would we let the Holy Spirit speak? God, would we be like Joseph and say the enemy meant this for harm, but that God will use it for good? Because his word is true and he is faithful. Lord Jesus carry us through these things corporately and individually and may your word continue to come back with fruit that all that we're going through is not in vain but it will produce faithfulness it will produce fruit of love and encouragement it will give you glory because you'll never leave us or forsake us for all of those who believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again the third day and he's coming back for his bride, they will be with you for eternity. Lord, would we cast our cares on you because you care. Father, we love you.